Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode here of All Things Football. We have a great week of football to recap. There were some awesome games, one in each window. We were truly blessed by the scheduling gods of a great Sunday of football. Chase, how we feel? Feeling great, feeling great. Like you just said, the football this weekend was, I mean, just amazing from college. The USC-Washington game was just insane. Then you just carried that over to to four amazing games, really five amazing games, uh, week 10. It was just great. It was great. We got a lot to go ahead and recap. We got some league news to get into. Um, someone is making his debut after a long-awaited injury. We'll break that down. Obviously, we cap everything we loved about week nine and preview week 10, which is compared to week nine is going to be a struggle to get through. But have no fear. We can do it. Let's go ahead and get started. This is All Things Football. All righty, Chase. So the biggest news of the NFL is coming through. That is Arizona Cardinals have came out and said that Kyler Murray is officially back and is set to start this week. After injuring um, his knee, tearing his ACL, there was a lot of speculation. Is he even going to come back? Is he going to want to sit out the year? Yada, yada, yada. It looks like that they're bringing him out. And he's going out there to the start here, starting here in week 10. Still half of the season left, so still plenty of time to maybe make some noise in that division, make some noise in the NFC. We'll see what happens. Um, but I want to ask you this, Chase. Are the Cardinals making the right decision? The Cardinals currently, so let's be honest, they're not going to be able to make any noise. That was me being stupid. No. Um, <laughs> they currently hold the number one overall pick of next year's draft. Obviously, adding Kyler Murray to the mix helps them win a couple more games, maybe. Oh, yeah. um, might be enough to not have the number one spot. So are they making the right decision? Um, as an organization, Maybe not, but Kyler, I think this is, uh, Kyler's just rushing himself back, right? I think if they weren't so bad, you know, if they were sitting at pick four or three, you know, he wouldn't do that. Hope to get Marvin Harrison or something like that. But Kyler's fighting for his job, right? He doesn't want to get replaced. You know, if they have the pick number one, they're drafting Caleb Williams. He's coming in starting. Kyler's moving to somewhere else for a lower contract. So this is Kyler wanting to stay in Arizona, play for the team that drafted him. So I think Kyler Murray is a stud. And I, I hope him, that, you know, him coming back definitely guarantees that they will not have the number one pick, I believe. I don't think, you know, I think Kyler Murray Cardinals are better than the Panthers right now. They might even be better than the Bears. So um, I don't think that uh, it's a very strong strategy if you're playing for Caleb Williams, if you're tanking, which I thought they were doing when they traded Dobbs last week. Right. I thought that was kind of their signal that were they were throwing in the red flag and, you know, Kyler was going to sit and he wasn't ready and. You know, the Clayton Toon was just going to tankathon, right? Lead him to the promised land. So I don't really, you know, you get mis mixed messages from this new Cardinals uh, organization. So kind of a weird trail they're going down. Yeah, it, I can get it. Well, so one, I mean, you're paying him a ton of money. You want him to play because you're paying a ton of money. Obviously, as an organization standpoint, it's hard to sit there and not have like when he's available to not have the best players out on the field to like hold them out for that is is tough. Um, and you're calling where you want to play, right? You don't want to just done your want to play. So I would say, are they making the right decision? Like if we're just stepping back and looking at it, like a pure, like objective level, they're making the wrong decision. Yeah. Right. 
because they also have the Houston Texans first round pick, which looks like what many thought was going to be a top five pick clearly is not going to be. That's going to be a mid-teens pick, right? They're balling out, which we'll get into. Um, so that low-level pick that you thought was going to maybe be theirs is not going to be there anymore. So that needs to be your pick. Obviously, it's going to be. They're not going to jump out of the top five, I don't think. No. Regardless of what happens. But to have that number one overall pick. Because even if you want to be all in on Kyle Murray, like Kyle Murray is the guy like moving forward. If you have that number one overall pick, this is a loaded quarterback class. You know how much you could sell that first pick for, Chase. That's what I'm thinking about, right? Somebody's going to want to go up there and get Caleb Williams. If it's not Caleb Williams, it's going to be Drake May. If it's not Drake May, it's going to be Michael Pitt. Bonin, whatever it is, right? There's this quarterback class is loaded, and if they want to get their guy, they're going to sell the world to go up to spot number one. And the Cardinals, who are clearly rebuilding and clearly need all of that, they can re, they could get like three. They could get honestly, maybe three firsts for the next three years to get somebody to go up there to one, depending on how far they have to go. And so to lose that advantage there, that bargaining chip. Long term, I get the short term. You want to play, you want to win, you don't want to lose. It sucks. I get that. But if you take a step back and look long term, I think they're making the wrong decision. I think they have to keep with, I think they should keep with Tune, put everything onto the media, whatever you want. That he's still rehabbing his legs, still whatever. Because then at the point where you get to the, the end of the season, like when they're officially eliminated from playoff contention, like they're officially done, like there's no chance, then you can say, listen, we're out of the playoffs. Like there's no point in him coming back just to play the last couple of games that literally mean nothing. Right. So you can save face that way by not, you know, tanking. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I, I understand him playing. Like I understand it, but I think overall, I think it's the wrong decision um, long term. Yes. Yes. It's exciting for us fans, though, because Kyler Murray's electric on the football field. So it's always better when you have your stars out there. But I agree with you 100%. Not the right uh, move to make organization wise. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we'll see how that um, works out and as he makes his debut this weekend. So it'll be a fun thing to watch. Another quarterback coming back um, is Carson Wentz has come out of the wilderness um, where Aaron Rodgers goes in a darkness retreat. Carson Wentz goes out to the wilderness, hunts him some bucks and some bears. Um, and he hooked himself a Ram this time. The Los Angeles Rams are signing him to be the backup quarterback. Um, clearly not to be the starter, but they clearly saw what they had in their backup quarterback last week, which was not good. And so they're trying to fortify that position in case um, Stafford has to miss a couple more games this season due to injury. Um, so, yeah, so Carson Wentz finally makes it makes it back. To me, I mean, obviously it's just a backup. He's not going to be the starter. Um, I think, he, obviously, he's a suitable backup. Like, if you want somebody to be your backup, I think Carson Wentz is a good backup to have. Some guy that can go in and still play at a good level, right? You don't want him as your starter. He's not going to play at that level to get you the wins, you know, long term. But to be a stopgap there in case you're injured a couple times, I think I think it's a solid pickup, especially with what we saw from the backup um, on Sunday. Yeah, especially because Matthew Stafford, right? He's had concerns. He's hurt the same arm that he hurt last time. Um, all all off season, and they was doubt about how, if he was going to actually be able to go. Turns out he was. He kind of balled out the first couple weeks, and then he's regressed into what we know. And then he re-injured himself uh, two weeks ago. So this is a a must needed. I know I don't know if it was Carson Wentz, but he was the best available, and you had to go and get someone right. You couldn't run it back with Brett Ripon again. So uh, yeah, this is kind of a mute point, right? It doesn't move the needle at all. 
you know, you know, you're not bringing Carson Wentz in and being like, oh, now if Stafford's out, we can still continue our winning. You know, no, you really, you know, maybe for a game or so, but he's not going to be the long term solution. But it's uh, it's better than running out that ripping guy who's just looked awful. No, yep, I agree. Um, they expect um, Ram or they expect Stafford to come back. They're on the bye week this week, so he's get have uh, additional week there to heal. So they expect him to be back, but just in case he's not, they got Wentz to to rock and roll with. Um, another quarterback news. All the league news is quarterbackers. Last one we got here for you today, and that is Mike Grable has officially announced that Will Levis is officially the starter moving forward. Um, when Tannehill comes back healthy, he will serve as the back. So, listen, this was only a matter of time before Tannehill, you know, was going to lose his job. I mean, Will Levis in two games, but Will Levis in one game has thrown more touchdowns than Tannehill did all season, right? So, immediate upgrade, right? Regardless of what you think of Levis so far, um, it's immediate upgrade to Tannehill. So, this is the right decision. I don't have any problems with this at all, and I think it's a smart thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And from someone who, you know, it's been documented, it's not really a Levis fan. He's kind of impressed me, right? Again, he's not doing anything like crazy. We're like, oh, this could be your franchise quarterback. But he's showing a little bit of flashes. You know, I I thought the Steelers game that he lost, that he actually threw the game losing interception, was better game film on him than the game that he won against the Falcons, right? We talked about the Falcons. He just aired that ball out. The Steelers, he had some touch throws, right? He did made a dumb rookie mistake and threw it right to that middle linebacker at the end, but rookies are going to do that. I, you know, I was impressed with what I've seen from Will Levis, and this is definitely the right move because Tannehill was not winning you any games. No, I agree. I think that's a perfect segue here to hop into that Thursday night recap, right? So the Tennessee Titans take a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, it's kind of a... Honestly, exactly kind of what I thought was going to happen, right? We're just going to be kind of defensive out of low scoring, but Steelers, you know, would come out in at the end. But I agree with you. What you're saying is I haven't obviously that crazy debut against the Falcons, more on the Falcons later. Um, and, you know, going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which is a legitimate defense, right, in, in the league. Um, but he didn't back down. Like, he played well, and they were in it at the very end to, to go down there and to win the game. And so that's really all you can ask for. I mean, that's all you can ask for a quarterback, let alone your quarterback making his second start and you have to know that short week prime time against Steelers one of the best defenses in football and you only lose the game by was like five four points um so you're there at the end driving down uh, you know with the um the chance to take it you know it's really really start off your career um you know on fire right and you did yeah. makes that you know a bad throw there obviously throws an interception but I didn't walk away from that game. I walked away. So I'm not a big Will Lovis guy either, but I walked away from that game more impressed than I did from the Falcons game because that was him actually playing the quarterback position and playing football. Whereas the Falcons game was just him throwing long balls, right? Which is what he's known for. That's his thing. Whereas this time that wasn't really there for him. The long balls wasn't there. Um, that one long, you know, tried a couple long balls. That one long ball ended with his player being injured. So the long ball just kind of wasn't there. They really, defense really shut D-Hop down all night. So it just wasn't there for him like it was before. So he has to find other ways to do it. So obviously it wasn't enough to get at the end, but that shows, that does show promise, right? I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Will Levis for sure is the guy. This is the franchise guy. He's going to lead you to the promised land. I'm definitely not there yet. But what I've seen so far, especially from that game, um, if I was a Titans fan, I'd be like, okay, I, I'm willing to ride this thing out. I think that there's some potential there. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest takeaway I took from the game 
is the not the last drive, but the drive before that, right? Where they punted. They ran the ball three times and then tried to trick play flea flicker back to Levis. When Levis had dominated, kind of the first half was kind of the Will Levis, DeAndre Hopkins show, right? DeAndre Hopkins went into halftime with a touchdown and uh or not a touchdown, he went into with a game, you know, saving catch on the one yard line where Derrick Henry put it in and like sixty some yards. Will Levis had almost two hundred yards. Then they came out in the second half and they just like refused to let Will Levis throw the ball. Right. D Hop didn't have another target until the thir- until the end of the fourth quarter. And that that drive that he did throw the interception. I was just surprised of how conservative they got with it, considering how well Levis had kind of aired it out the week before. You know, kind of a, a coaching mishap that's going to get blamed on Levis because of the very last play. But, man, don't take the ball out of your quarterback hands. I see too many teams do that. Let the quarterback ball. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. Honestly, this is going to be more more learning and process. And the Tennessee Titans obviously aren't out of the conversation there. They're still in it. But, um, you know, coming in, no one was expecting. Yeah, I mean, no one was really expecting big yeah. things for the Titans. So to get, you know, meaningful snaps here from Levis to do that and just kind of build off of him moving forward. Um, obviously is what you have to do as a franchise. So now the question is going to be, what are they going to do with, with Malik Willis, right? Obviously he's not even the backup. He's a third stringer. So he's still, he's still low on the total pool. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens this offseason if they let Tannehill go and it's just those two. I don't know how much confidence that instills in, in your quarterback room mm-hmm. um, or if they try to trade him away or something like that. So it'll be interesting to, to follow that story. But as of right now, it looks like Will Levis is the guy and the Tennessee Titans are going to roll with it. But um um listen that was a big win for the Steelers too they needed that win they're right there as of right now if the playoffs ended the entire AFC North would make the playoffs which is crazy obviously they're gonna have to go some some teams haven't played each other yet they're still to kind of duke it out in that division and the rest of the season so obviously it's not gonna end that way but still the fact that we're here at the halfway point of the season that they're all in there is great I believe we both we both had them as the best division um, in football, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe we did the AFC East. I can't remember. It was one of the two. Yeah, I think I had them second. I, I believe I did put the AFC East first. Yeah. So, um, but still, they're definitely they're tearing it up, um, and so that's yeah. that's that's fun to see the AFC North. Um, it's got the ball rolling. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to the Packers game, Chase. So the Packers finally are back in the win column yes. here. So uh, walk us through that uh, complete dismantling of the LA Rams. Yeah, it was weird. It was a very, uh, very kind of poopy game, I guess, going into halftime, 7-3, nothing really exciting. And then all of a sudden, it's like the team clicked finally. It's nice to see Aaron Jones back out there. You know, he had more than 11 touches for the first time since he hurt his hamstring week one. So that was nice. He really showed up. And then Will, uh, not Will Levis, Jordan Love. Jordan Love actually played again like we've seen him the first three weeks. So with Aaron, with Aaron Jones, you know, out there, Jordan Love actually played good. He got his confidence back from that Lions dismantling that they gave us early on the season. And, uh, you know, this has me kind of rooting. Like I said last week, Jordan Love kind of looked like he could be that guy. The team just around him wasn't there. This week, he the team came up, rallied around him with Aaron Jones there, and Jordan Love still stood up for the test. So each week now we're getting a little bit more um, confidence in Jordan Love. I really like that. And, you know, not running too much because that Rams team is pitiful, man. They were just, uh, they, you know, it was just like they couldn't do anything right. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if any team or if they could have beat any team there, let alone the Packers. But, 
you got to take those wins, right? You got to beat up on the bad teams when you have a chance. So we got the chance and we definitely took it. It was a, it was a nice showing for both our defense and offense. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like the teams that you, you have to beat the teams that you should be right. Um, and so that they're able to do that. So kind of get them back in the win column as they head into to next week, as they keep moving on the season to kind of build up on, they got a tough matchup over against the Steelers here next week. So we'll see um, how that, um, how that works. Um, let's go to, cause I know we got, we got some best and worst and stuff later on. That's going to touch some of the other games. So let's touch on the Sunday night game. So Buffalo and Cincinnati, that was another big one. Um, really big, you know, consequences for the AFC as well. Cincinnati obviously gets the dub. Um, I wasn't really surprised at all with how this game, this went honestly exactly how I thought it was going to go. Um, what were your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think my, my biggest takeaway is that Bill's defense is pitiful. Like, you know, I mean, they I know they're really down on injuries, but man, they cannot step up. They can't, you know, that Bill's defense is their weakness. And when that Bill's defense doesn't get going, that Bill's offense struggles really bad too. It is really just Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs against the world with that Bill's team. And they get propped up a little bit too much. I was a little surprised of how, uh, I, I don't know how to say, non-interesting the game was. It seemed like we went through through a bunch of really, really good games early window. We hit this one and it was just like, oh, you know, like when, you know, when it was 7-7, it was really interesting. And then all of a sudden it just kind of fell off the mountain. Interesting, at least for me. So I don't know why that was with the two quarterbacks that were playing. You think they should have let it up and it just seemed kind of kind of slow motion. I think half of that had to be with the penalties. Man, they, those refs like to blow those flags, like to stop the game. That hurts it, you know, makes it almost unwatchable. So that was my biggest takeaway, the Bills defense and how kind of slow the game seemed after watching, you know, some some of those better games in the early windows. Yeah, I remember literally texting you. I was like, man, this Bills defense is terrible. Yes. Um, but then they kind of buttoned up later in the second half, right? So the first half was kind of, I mean, it was Bengals, all Bengals the entire time, but mostly obviously they dominated the first half. When it first started, right, so Bengals went on to score, then the Bills just went down and scored, and the Bengals came down and scored. I was like, oh, man, we're in for a shootout. This yes. is, you know, big. And then they kind of, you know, the deep, the Bengals kind of put the clamps on the Bills, and the Bills weren't able to do anything until late in the game, as is per usual um, for the Bills lately, where they don't really show up until the fourth quarter, honestly. Um, and obviously, it wasn't enough to, to get the win there. So, yeah, honestly, this is how I predicted. I'm not shocking. I think – uh, objectively speaking, I think, I mean, I think the Bengals might be the best team in the AFC right now. Uh, objectively, because their offense is like it's between them and Kansas City. Um, obviously, you know, I think Kansas City can win, but like the the offense, the offense for Kansas City is struggling, where the offense for the Bengals seems to not really be strong. Looks like they've they finally started to figure it out, but we're still waiting for the Chiefs to figure. It out. So, Bengals are, are looking scary, and they've got um they still got a tough road ahead. Play some competitive games, so we'll see what happens. But as of right now, they look they look really good. And the Bills, the Bills are on the outside looking in. It looks like, I mean, I don't want to overreact, but it looks like legitimately like there's a there's an actual, which I would not have thought this going into the season, but there's an actual likelihood that they might actually miss the playoffs. Yeah. That you know, I think we both kind of predicted. You know, none of us picked them to win their division. We predicted them to be wild card teams, kind of in the outskirts there. But none of us actually thought that they would be on the outside of the playoffs come halfway through the season. This is crazy. I think they fell again. Like, man, these teams with injuries. I can't. You know, some of those starters they're putting out for their 
their defense. I've never heard of them. And I pay attention to football, pretty, you know, and the draft pretty strongly. And these, some of these guys, I'm just like, where, where did this guy come from? How many times Micah Hyde went down twice in one game? I've never seen that before. He went down, you know, helped off. And then all of a sudden he's back out there. And a couple of plays later, he's out. Matt Milano still out. Tredavious White. Uh, Kilar Elam, their first round pick from 2021. It's just kind of a non-factor. It's been a healthy scratch every game. So it's just it's just amazing. These, these you know, they poor drafting and injuries have led them to a, a very uh, crucial part in their season where they can't do anything really. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, so they they're back on prime time next week uh, against the Broncos, which I'm not even sh- like I wouldn't I'm not, like I'm not even confident that they'll win that game. Um, you know, we'll talk about they had to play the Jets again, who they already lost to. They had to play the Patriots again, who they already lost to. Luckily, both are at home, so that might help. Um, but they still have to go on the road to Philly, and then right after that, on the road to Kansas City. And then after that, they host the Cowboys. And then after that, they have to go to the Chargers, right? So, I mean, they've still got that four-week stretch there of of teams that can put it on you. Not to mention those division games are on the on the, on the double ends there, which are tough regardless. It's, I wouldn't, I just, I would not be shocked. Like, I don't really think, I don't even know. Like those four game stretch of what I mentioned. So Philly, Casey, Dallas, and Chargers. I don't think I'd pick, I'd pick the Bills to win either one of those games. No, I I think I'm right there with you, which is crazy. And then all of a sudden, so that's what, that's eight losses. And so let's say they win all the other games. So then they're nine and eight. Yeah, I don't think they, they not with the AFC. They're not making the playoffs with that schedule. So during that four, obviously, this is just saying that they win all the other games beside that four week stretch. But if they lose one of those games within that four week stretch, I I I think they're done. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to pay attention to to specifically that four week stretch. But that's that's brutal. You have to go against the you have to go against the two best teams in the NFC. Um, and then you have to, and you get the Kansas city smacked out in the middle there. Um, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough three week schedule. There. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to the bills. Um, that's what, that's, what's tough about dropping those ones early on in the season. You don't get the, yes. you know, when you go up against these teams, um, right. So like they could, like if they show up, they could, they could beat these teams. Like I'm not saying the Eagles or KC or Dallas are infallible. Obviously they all have losses and the bills could do it when the bills put it all together, but they just aren't the, they're just not the team to do it. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our eye on that for sure. Um, That'll be something intriguing to, to look there, but um, yeah, bills, bills mafia outside looking in. Wowzer. Life comes at you fast. Yeah. Um, the Monday night game last night, the LA Chargers and New York Jets with another terrible game. Oh my gosh, this was just this was terrible, like on all accounts. Like even the even the Chargers offensively weren't good. Um, I mean the 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 leading the leading stats and everything on the offense were Jets, and the Jets didn't even score a touchdown. So yeah, obviously the Chargers got the. Um, the Chargers defense honestly stepped up, which is something that we haven't really seen. So um, the special teams obviously scored a touchdown. That defense got a strip sack, put the ball in the wood yard line, so they were able to punch it in when they were struggling in the second half to score. So the defense and special teams created opportune moments for them, which is fantastic. That's what you need to win. And the Jets just couldn't get it going on offense. Chase, what were your thoughts as you watched that game? 
Yeah, I just thought uh, my main thought is, man, if the Chargers could put it together, right? If this defense could play like this, you know, like like this every game, and then the offense that we seen last week on Sunday Night Football, where Herbert went nuts, you know, and completed every pass. I understand it was against a really weak opponent, but man, if they could put it together here, they they would be a force. And I think that's the thing is they have all the pieces, right? They got the most expensive defense in the league. They've got the franchise quarterback paying them the money. They got a really expensive wide receiver core that just only one thing booms at a time, right? For some reason, they just struggle to connect it, right? They struggle to play team complimentary football. And that's been the Chargers MO for like all of time, right? Like there's that year where Phillip Rivers had the number one offense and the number two defense and their special teams was really bad and they missed the playoffs. Like the Chargers can just not play good, two-sided, put game together football. It's it's so random. It's you know it's like a curse of of San Diego slash LA. I guess they are now. I mean, it just blows my mind. That was my mostly. I'm thinking where where did this offense that we seen last week go to? Yeah, and for me, it's I mean the the Jets defense is 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 phenomenal. Right. To me, it's just uh, the longer the season goes on and I see that what the Jets defense does, the more I'm just gutted at the fact that Aaron Rodgers is out there. Yes. Like, honestly, like, obviously, I don't know exactly what it would look like with Aaron Rodgers out there, but he's he would be better than what they've got at quarterback now, which means I feel confident saying that they would be obviously in playoff contention at the moment um, with that. Because their defense has kept them in some games, they just needed adequate quarterback play. Obviously, it's not all on Zach Wilson. Like his offensive line wasn't very good yesterday at all, right? Um, his receivers were dropping balls. All right, they dropped a clear touchdown, wide open touchdown that dropped. So it's not like all on him. At the same time, like we, we, we we've we've seen enough. I think that the yes. Jets kind of with that game against the Chiefs where he just lit it up. They were like, this is what we thought when we drafted him but the problem is is whenever you get that once in a blue moon you, you it's just not a recipe for success right um and i just think they i don't know why they didn't um they didn't move off of not necessarily move off of, but do something before the trade deadline um like if they were serious like i can't tell if it's just because they honestly like honestly believe in zach wilson so they didn't, or it's because they honestly believe that Aaron Rodgers can come back this season. I can't, I can't decide which is the two. I can't decide which it is because if it's, if it's nothing of those, then it doesn't make sense. Right? Like if you, if you truly believe he's the guy, like, okay, I don't agree, but you believe it. You're all in on a hundred percent, whatever. If you truly believe Aaron Rodgers is coming back, right? You don't want to waste trade at, you know, bring someone in or do that because you think you can still make it with Zach Wilson. So you don't want to, disrupt the quarterback room with what they have. Aaron Rodgers comes back, takes you the rest of the way. Great. But if it's neither of those, like you're just not doing it to do because you don't want to admit you were wrong about Zach Wilson, then then you got to check your pride and your ego at the door, bro, because you're losing bad. And honestly, like if we're thinking about it, um, this isn't this isn't my take, so I'm not going to take credit for it. I was listening to, to First Things First, and this was Nick Wright, what he said. He said, if, if there's any time to admit you made a mistake about drafting a quarterback, it's for this particular draft class. Because outside of Trevor Lawrence, what other quarterback is playing well? Not Justin Fields, not Mac Jones. Trey Lance doesn't have a job. I mean, you know, he's what, third string quarterback? So, I mean, like, you admit you were wrong about Zach Wilson because who else would you have gotten, right? 
it's not like any other quarterback besides Trevor Lawrence is being successful in this league. So this is like the amount, this is the time where you can admit you were wrong and everyone would be like, yeah, you got it wrong, but there was really no, no more options. Like, so like, this is the time to move off. I'm like, you have the perfect excuse. Like, listen, obviously we were wrong. Honestly, we were screwed either way. So let's just move off. But they didn't do it. So, I mean, that's kind of what they're rolling with. And they've, listen, they've made their bed and they have to die in it. So I'm not going to sit here and, and crow or spill the milk and say, wow, Jets, and be sorry for them because this is this is their bed and they're going to have to lie in it. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, the Jets just confuse me. I pick them way too much. I, you know, that uh, I'll talk about that later. But it just, it uh, the one move that they tried to make before dr- trade deadline was bringing Devontae Adams over, in, you know, like that was going to fix their offense. When they, you know, like obviously we talked the wide receivers, you know, they're not great outside of Garrett Wilson, who's, an, you know, all-star, you know, type of wide receiver. But like, is Devontae Adams really the, you know, I just think the Jets are trying to just squeak by, you know, kind of unnoticed this season. They got too many prime games to do that and try to just see if Rodgers come back and play, you know, they get, get Devontae Adams. That's, you don't get Devontae Adams for this year. You get Devontae Adams for next year when Rodgers is completely healthy. And I, you know, maybe I'm just a weirdo that likes, wants to see Aaron Rodgers, but I actually believe he's coming back this year. Just the way he's, he's walking, he's talking, everything he says, I just, I, I believe he's, he'll be back. And man, if they could just make the playoffs so we could get him like week 17 in playoffs. I, I was, th- I was thinking about this hot take. If he comes back, he wins comeback player of the year, right? Tearing his Achilles. Can you, I mean, can you, you go out I mean, and come I mean, back yeah, and be you- the. It, I mean, you pretty much, yeah, I mean, you would, you would have to, I mean, I think that yeah. even, that would even trump, that would trump, you know, dying on the field and then coming back. Like if you're able to go out <laughs> and then come back in the same season from injury season. like that, you have to, you yes, have to yes. come back. Like I, I mean, sure. I've never, because you know, we've never seen playing. that. Yeah. Like I don't think yeah. Lamar King could really win comeback player because he actually come back. He hasn't really no. played yet. So like, just because yeah, he warms yeah. up on the sideline, like doesn't mean like you're really back yet. Like. That's not a shot at him, right? Whatever the situation no, no, no. is, but yeah, yeah. You're like you're not playing football, so I don't. I, yeah. I think that like if you would suit up and play football, I think okay, you know, you pretty much have to give it to him. I think comeback player is kind of a dumb award anyway. It's pretty much too. you got injured last year and you came back. Like congratulations, but um, but, but yeah, yeah, I think Rogers would have to get it, tear your Achilles, yeah. and then come back. And especially if he was like to win a playoff game, like come back to a playoff game or something like that, or like come back like week 16, 17, like put them into the playoffs, right? Like they're on the outside, they need to win and he does it, then you'd have to, you'd have to do that yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's, that's my fair deal. I'm writing that in my prayer journal. No, I'm kidding. But... Yeah, <laughs> that's... Um, no, for sure. So we're going to keep um, recapping here week nine as we get to our best and worst in game balls and stuff. But first, Chase, what did you learn? from week nine yeah i was looking at you know all the stats trying to fix my game balls and everything i noticed uh i what i learned is the afc south which we thought was the laughing stock of the league coming into this give it a few years this might be the best quarterback you know uh division in football in a couple years they've got some studs in there they've got some already bloom studs they've got some question marks that have big potential you know levis uh richardson my qb one of this draft class stroud is tearing it up uh, Trevor Lawrence is already a top 10 quarterback. Like, you know, they could be, they could be a gauntlet here in a couple of years once everyone gets settled down. Right. And these teams, you know, finish their rebuilds. I, I was just, you know, this team that, you know, this division that I thought would never get right. Right. This vision that just constantly is going to be the bottom feeders starting, you know, 
in just half a year already starting to kind of change my mind on it. So that's what I noticed. This AFC South is not the division that we thought it was, and I think it gets even better next year. Yeah, I mean, we both, when we did the season, we did our division rankings, we put them second to last, right? Only the NFC South was worse. Like, we were down yeah. hard on them. Um, and obviously, definitely a competitive division, a fun division to watch. I agree with you. I mean, what I learned from Week 9 is kind of similar into that vein, and that is quarterbacks need to stay out of the freaking AFC. My <laughs> goodness, the AFC yes. is loaded with quarterbacks. Like, if you look at the top 10 quarterbacks, I think you'll probably get at least seven of them. And the AFC, um, yeah. like seven of them, you can throw in, you know, maybe three, you know, Perks, um, Dak, Dak, maybe Golf, you know, however you want to do it. But if you're um, the majority of the time, you know, anybody does it. I think the majority of them, if it's not seven, it's eight or eight, you know, mm-hmm. it's not eight, seven, whatever it is, you know, 70% of the quarterbacks are in the AFC and they're only going to get more of them. Like, just like you said, yeah. like, they're coming on. So like this next draft with this loaded quarterback class, please go to the NFC. Like, NFC teams, what are you doing? NFC teams, you have crap you have crap people at quarterback. Vikings need to figure out what they're going to do. Cardinals need to figure out what they're going to do. Um, Falcons need to figure out what they're going to do. Seahawks need to figure out what they're going to do. Rams need to figure out what they're going to do. Like, there's so many of these NFC teams that are just needing a quarterback, and obviously this is the draft to do it or at least try to do it. So all of these quarterbacks stay out of the AFC. Yes. Yes. Same vein. Yeah. The AFC's loaded quarterback talent. So just go all to the NFC North. No, no. Stay out of that <laughs> NFC North. Stay out of there. Uh, I'm fine playing Joshua Dobbs. <laughs> Stay out of the NFC North. All right. Well, let's go on to our best and worst of week nine. So, Chase, hit me with your best. Yeah. My best are the Cowboys pass catchers. Let me explain here. So obviously C.D. Lamb had himself one heck of a game. You know, if he could have had that touchdown at the Hail Mary, it would have been like the best game of wide receiver this season, right? He had 191. I think he had almost 10 or 11 catches. Then you look at everyone who had a good game this this week and C.D. Lamb. And then next was uh, Amari Cooper, who was a Cowboy pass catcher. Dalton Schultz was up there. Nico Collins was up there. You know, it was just like you, you go down this list and it was like, wow, where are all these? Jake Ferguson had a really good game as their starting tight end. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker caught a really, I mean, should have been a really big pass. You know, he kind of got stopped short there on the goal line. It's just like these these Cowboys and Jerry Jones knows how to draft pass catchers and they just move off of them real fast. Cedric Wilson kind of had a, he was like one of the main targets in the uh, early game in Germany that we haven't talked about yet. So it was just these Cowboys pass catchers. They just kind of grow them out there in Dallas, and then they ship them around the league to everyone that needs a pass catcher. So, shout out to you, Cowboys pass catchers that can you know just ball out re- repeatedly. No, I I mean I agree. Ceedee Lamb, whenever they feed Ceedee Lamb, they do well. Um, I just don't know yes. why they don't do it more often. They kind of no. go away from like um, it was I, I saw, yeah because it was the Chargers game that I really noticed it where I was like man Ceedee's going and they went away from him and it was like they weren't scoring. I was like what are you doing? And then they went to him again, like the fourth quarter and kind of put the game away. And I was like, what, what, why were you not doing what was successful at the beginning? Yeah. Like just keep doing it. But um, I agree with you. you. Um, I, I agree with you. They've obviously, you know, in, in history too, they have some great wide receivers. So definitely, they definitely are, are good at that, at that position. So I, agree with you. my best, and now we'll get to Germany here 
uh, is the Chiefs' defense. Um, what an incredible showing to not only, you know, have to travel to another country, but against the number one offense in everything and to hold them, I mean, 14 points total, but zero points that they have, zero third downs that they have, three for like 17 total third downs and to shut it out at the end when the game is on the line um, twice um, to, to shut them out. Um, haven't even scoring a touchdown, uh, a defensive touchdown they showed up. So not only were they keeping, you know, the Dolphins in check, keeping Tua, keeping Tyreek, keeping all these guys in check, but they were scoring touchdowns as well. Just an overall dominating performance. And it's just so weird as a Chiefs fan watching the defense be the one that is that is winning his games and not the offense. Um, but sticking here with just the best, we'll get overall in general, but my best is the Chiefs defense. Um, just a phenomenal showing um, against the best statistically offense in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought they did a, you know, a really good job. I caught the highlights, didn't get to watch the game live, but I caught the highlights of it. Of course they scored that, you know, kind of the game saving clinching touchdown really, you know, it ended up being a one score game at the end there, but, yeah, I'll never forgive the NFL for moving this game to Germany. Like, you know, making those two offenses fly because we all know, you know, the d- defenses can travel, offenses don't. That's the old adage. And I don't, you know, I'm not taking away any flowers from the Chiefs' defense. They held that defense. They held that Miami offense, which been a very high-powered offense, very low. But I'd like to see that, you know, where they don't have to fly, you know, 24 hours in th- four different time zones to play a game of football. Like, come on. Let, you know, let Tyree come home. Let us have this masterclass game that we should have had. You kind of, I think, believe they kind of schedule makers as good as they did us week nine. They kind of robbed us of that one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. They needed to have like low cap. Like they need to look at the schedule and say, like, okay, like, let's just be honest with ourselves. These two teams, when they play each other, probably not going to be, you know, one of those like, good, like the classic games, like the must watch games can't be overseas. No. Like they just can't, especially because, it's obviously taken away from the actual hardcore fans. Like, could you imagine Arrowhead at that game? You know, the Dolphins coming to Arrowhead, obviously with the Tyreek, the, all that stuff. That would just be a crazy game environment. Like, you take that away, you rob, you know, the U.S. fans of that. Um, but it's all about the money. Apparently, it was yeah. the, that game was um, more viewed, that single game was more viewed than any of the games of the World Series this year. Uh, so, basically... I mean, it's doing what the NFL wants us to do, and yeah. that's to make money. So they're going to keep doing it, um, especially with the big matchup like that, bringing in the views and the money that it did. So unfortunately, I think we'll see some more kind of of those more like a primetime matchup things probably take place um, overseas, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so just broader recapping that, um, so I have two things. One, I really, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't see how that Tyreek fumble for touchdown, how that was an incomplete pass. Like, I'll admit it. I don't think that was a completed pass in a fumble. Yeah. I really don't. Like, I have no idea how that. Yeah. I, I can get why they called it initially on the field. But, like, after reviewing it, like, I don't know how that stands. Like, he – I really don't. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not going to complain. But, like, that's one of those things where it's like – after all this stuff we've gone through where it's like, what is a catch? Is this a catch? Is this a ball? And stuff like that, like clearly to me wasn't the catch. Um, no football move was made. Like you never anyway. Yeah. So right. yeah, that's beside the point. 
Yeah, but um, obviously it worked <laughs> out in my favor, so I'm not going to cry about it. But that was just kind of a, a, a confusing thing. But that was an electric play. They lateral back, score a touchdown. That was super fun to watch. But um, to, uh, we need to we need to talk about the Dolphins. Um, their three losses have been against teams with winning records, and they haven't played well against against these teams. It'd be one thing if they were kind of going toe to toe and they just kind of maybe lose, but. Their worst games statistically in every single category have been against these teams with winning records. This, I think we have enough of a sample size now to say really that the Dolphins, even though I still think they win their division, I think are absolute frauds. I don't think they're actual contenders. Ah, yeah, yeah. This is a intriguing one because normally that's what I would go with too, right? I liked, you know, I, you know, like the Titans when they got the one seed, what was it? 2021. 2020 they got the one seed everyone knew hey this team's not good right the Steelers in 2019 and they had the one seed or maybe it was 2018 you know Juju's first year you know they were winning their last undefeated team I think they went 11 and 0 and they're like you know they're they're not good for some reason I'm holding on hope with these Dolphins I I don't know if it's just uh the other teams got the best of them three times right they they played some you know in the three teams with winning record it's not like they're losing to the saints who have a winning record these are some of the best teams in the nfl they played the bills before the bills meltdown on defense right that was kind of in in midst of it right but they had a lot of their starters trey white went out late in that game matt milano was still in that game so they had a lot of the starters as before the bills defense fell apart they played the eagles who looked you know really really good in some of their games here late and then they played the chiefs who were the reigning super bowl champions so the thing you know your sample size is three elite teams that are all running for playoffs success i think it would be very hard if i think it would it would be easier to say that if they were beaten you know they lost to the saints and maybe the bucks who have winning records but not really good teams right so i i, I don't so know they, i'm gonna hold off a little bit more until i call them frauds yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, look at their, like, if you look at their schedule, they only have three more games as of right now, right? Only three more games left against teams with the winning record. They've got Dallas, Baltimore, and, um, and Buffalo. Um, they have the Jets twice still. So Jets are even 500. Um, they've got the Jets twice still, and they have the Raiders, the Commanders, and the Titans. So, I mean, they should be able to dominate the Raiders. I imagine they'll be able to beat the Jets just because the Jets, offensively just aren't there i mean they're good but i mean we'll see what happens we'll find out in two weeks but the commanders and titans i don't think it'll be a problem but you know they got dallas they got ravens they got buffalo again the buffalo already smashed them that's going to be the last game of the regular season so you know we'll see kind of where the buff the bills are at at that point but um yeah but it's um it's uh yeah so it's tough and we got to talk about i know you didn't um I know you didn't watch the game, but you saw the highlights. Did they show on the highlights the last two throws that Tua had? No, I didn't see. I think I might have seen one of them that was just like so, was it? I seen a deep ball to Waddle that was just like completely uncatchable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his last two, so it was like a minute left, like third down and ten. Like you have to get a, like you have to get. They needed they needed a touchdown right to survive right. So at this point, right, they needed to get first down. So it's third down and 10, and he just throws it up, and it's just like a lame duck. Like, it's not really to anybody. just kind of falls out and done. Okay. Fourth down and 10. Do or die, right? Need the first down, game over. And he muffs the snap. All right, I did see that, yeah. And he has to run into end game over. And it's like, 
man, like you had the opportunity to go out and do it and you choke like that. So I just, I, as much as I've enjoyed watching Tua play, like whenever there's a moment like that, I kind of lose confidence in him. So we'll see if he's able, if he loses confidence in himself or kind of what happens there. But in those do or die moments, he just hasn't been able to put it together so far this season. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like moving forward. But um, as much as I, I think the Dolphins will still win their division, I just, um, I'm not expecting big things from him. I'm not expecting big favorites because eventually they're going to have to go and play again these teams that are winning. They're going to have to play yes. the Bengals. They're going to have to play the Chiefs. They're going to have to play. The, they're going to have to play these teams again, right? So if they can't do it now, I just don't see how they're going to be able to do it on the road um, in a playoff environment. Uh, and so that's going to be that's going to be tough. But um, yeah. enough. No, I agree. Enough about that. That was a long best. Um, let's go ahead and get to the worst. Chase, give me your worst for um, this week. Yeah, we kind of talked about it in the league news, but my worst is the Cardinals front office, right? They, they just repeatedly do dumb, dumb things. It started with, you know, the D-hop. They cut him. They brought in Marquise Brown. They got rid of that front office. They brought in a new front office. It was supposed to be great, right? And then they are activating uh, Kyler Murray, which I am pumped for as a Kyler Murray fan. We already talked about it was the wrong move. And then they traded Josh Dobbs, who looked, you know, really good on the Vikings, right? He looked really good on the Cardinals, right? He was doing everything you wanted to, keeping you competitive, keeping you, you know, showing off some of your talent, or you know, but not winning the games, right? Again, you wanted that. You want that number one pick. That's what bad teams want is that number one overall pick. So I'm not really sure what what they're doing, right? They're, they're kind of like in no man's land, just kind of floating with the wind, right? And that's not a good place to be when you're an NFL team. So that is my worst. You know, they just got blown out. They've, they've lost a lot. You know, they have that one win against the Cowboys who didn't, you know, didn't come to play at all. So just a pitiful team this year and pitiful uh, front office, I believe. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think I don't, uh, I see the Joshua Dobbs trade as, as different than you, though. I think they did that knowing that Kyler was coming back. I don't think they do that if Kyler's not coming back, but they do it to, they didn't need him anymore. Um, try to get some, I know it wasn't a lot, but just get some draft capital, you know, for him. Um, leave off because Kyler Murray's coming back, right? So they had to go one game without it, you know, the interim with tuning. Um, and then, you know, Kyler Murray's coming back. So I, I think I don't have a problem with that, um, with that trade. I understand. Um, because I think it was with the actual purpose. Um, and so, and it's not like Joshua Dobbs is winning you any games. Either. No. So it's not like, you know, if they were five and three, I don't think they'd do that. Um, no. But because they're like one in 20, you know, they, they go out and do it because they're Kyler Murray back. And so just to kind of get some draft capital, clear up roster room, right? They don't need him anymore. Um, and so to give him opportunity to go and play somewhere else, which I think is good, right? They said, listen, we're not going to use you anymore. Our guy's coming back. Let's go ahead, go get a chance, you know, do something with the Vikings, which he did, which moves me to my worst. Uh, my worst, which is a Joshua Dobbs best, is actually the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, your your team, um, your team of the year, the Atlanta Falcons are stumbling, and they are stumbling bad. They've got two two bad losses. Um, back to back and I have serious questions about Arthur Smith's capabilities as a head coach in the National Football League. As much as we want to tout his offensive schemes and things like that, he's not using he has a history of not using his most talented players, right? It's been what has he been doing with Kyle with Kyle Pitts this entire time? You take him a number four and he just doesn't see the light of day. 
you spend your number seven pick on Bijan Robinson. He gets like four or five touches the entire game. You get on the goal line, first and goal. None of those goal line touches go to Bijan Robinson. You don't score a touchdown. You're not using it. And you come out and say, well, some of the times when we need him is actually when he's not carrying the ball. And it's like, bro, what? You don't, you don't use your – if you need to use it once or twice as a decoy, obviously I get it, right? There's times when, you know, the Chiefs use Kelsey as a decoy. There's times where the Raiders, you know, would use – or the Packers would use Adams as a decoy, you know, or something like to get somebody else open for like a play, like a must-have first down, like a must-eat a touchdown. Like, I get it. But you're going to go the entire game using your best player as a decoy? That's just stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um, you you come out flat like the previous year. You let a first-time NFL rookie dominate you offensively and Will Levis the week before. And then you come in and you let Joshua Dobbs, who's been on the team for five minutes, didn't even know the plays. The coach is literally having to explain the plays in the headset like this is what you do. Didn't even take a snap with the lineman. None of that. Come in and dominate and beat you. That is despicable. Like, if I Arthur Smith is gone after this year, and if they don't fire him, then the Falcons are just accepting failure for the long term. You're, you don't have the quarterback. You, your offensive-minded coach is not and has not been using the best players on the field as part of the scheme to, to be successful, which is in turn hurting the quarterback, hurting your offense, and then you're just losing games that you have no business in losing. Um, and it's just at, at the point where, like, you know, yes, like you didn't get blown out by any means. Like you still, you know, put up 20 points and stuff like that. But you let Joshua Dobbs come in. And, and do that to you. Um, just an embarrassing loss. That's two embarrassing losses in a row. When you look at what their schedule is is coming up, right? They've kind of, they've messed around and they've been competitive and things like that. Um, but when you look at what they have coming up, obviously they, they get a get right game against the Cardinals. I think they could they could win that. Actually, I don't know, Kyle Murray's coming back now. So now I'm questioning that game. They still have to play the Saints twice. Um, the Colts aren't a pushover. They're not going to do it. I even think the Panthers, by the time they play them again, will be better than when they open up the season against them. Um, they also got the Jets and the Bucks um, coming into it. So um, a lot of little questionable things there with, with the Falcons. I hate what I'm seeing from Arthur Smith and the Falcons. They're proving me right lately um, with my expectations of them. Um, we'll see what happens as they move forward, but they're going to have to make changes. They're going to have to put the ball in their best player's hands. Like we've seen the dominant catches and the plays that Bijan has already made this year. And by willingly, willingly like taking the ball out of his hands, is just malpractice and you deserve to be fired. I'm not one to call in here and say you should be fired, but you should be fired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I am just, uh, I was blown away when they, first of all, Kudos to Josh Dobbs leading that game-winning drive. He had, like, what, a minute 46 left or something like that. Goes down the field, kind of does what he wants. Get out of that big third-down sack and rushes for, like, that 15-yard first down. That was huge. You know, that would have that would have been the game if that was Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins not mobile enough to get out of that sack. None of his wide receivers really get – well, they had separation. They just couldn't see him. But So, shout-out Josh Dobbs for that. But, yeah, um, 
when I picked the Falcons, I was looking about the talent on the field, and they've kind of proved it. Desmond Ritter's really let me down. I didn't have really high hopes for him, but even the hopes I did have, he hasn't reached. What I didn't account for was uh, Arthur Smith completely hating all of the talent that he has invested in. Like you said, this is, uh, you know, I looked at the team on the field. I've seen this. I'm like, hey, this team's fun. They're good. They're young. This is an easy division to go up and win. And it should have been. Like, you shouldn't have lost. First of all, you shouldn't have lost to the Texans. You shouldn't have lost to the Commanders. And you shouldn't have lost to the Vikings here without Kirk Cousins. Like, this is just three pitiful losses, really. Not in a row. I know they won one uh, before the commander's game but it was just i'm just like what are what are they doing right they're they're uh yeah i i, I don't know i'm slowly losing faith i uh, it, it hurts victory me laugh in week two bro you listen they look they, they look good they were using their players kyle pitts had a good Bijan had it good and then all of a sudden that was just they i think arthur smith listened here and was like hey listen to that guy in iowa watch what i can do to him so <laughs> i mean yeah, I I don't have any problem with that. As much as I like the Falcons, I think I'm still going to rock with them for one more week, see how that goes. But I believe Arthur Smith is the reason they're failing. Obviously, quarterback doesn't help. Taylor Heineke's nothing special. Desmond Ritter really bad. It was really honestly turnover prone. You can't have a turnover prone quarterback. But I think they could have overcame that if Arthur Smith would have allowed them to overcome that. So I agree with everything you said. Arthur Smith is uh, is a guy that I really believed in, right? He had that great year at Derrick Henry where he put the ball in Derrick Henry's hands more than, you know, I think Derrick Henry rushed for like the second most attempts of any running back ever the year that they wanted him to win MVP, right? And then they Derrick, Arthur Smith did that and then said never again, right? We're never doing that again. Never getting our stars the ball. So, yeah, uh, pitiful performance for the Falcons there. Well, that wraps up best and worst. Let us know in the comments your best and your worst of week nine of the NFL season. Let's go ahead and move on to our game balls. So we each got a game ball to give out to an offensive player and a ball to hand out to a defensive player. So there were a lot of people that balled out. It's a shame we only get two balls each. Um, but Chase, hit me with your defensive game ball first. Yeah, my defensive game ball is going to Paulson Adebo from the New Orleans Saints. I realize he's playing undrafted rookie, you know, Tyson Badgett, but listen to this stat line. This is something out of Madden. Seven total tackles, three pass defense, one QB hit, one fumble recovery, two interceptions in one game. That's season stats. That is insane, right? I he, The dude has been balling out all year, and finally this is the game where everything kind of clicked. So he's got my defensive game ball. Ball out, dude. Yeah, no, I mean, balled out the Saints. Um, you know, like you said, obviously against the Bears team, they're still kind of struggle to find their identity without Justin Fields, even with Justin Fields, right? Um, but it's one of those games where you got to win those games, right? So I'm not going to yeah. dock them at all for winning. And especially when you have a, a player like that that takes over a game like that, you have to get the game ball. Um, my defensive game ball, I believe I've given it to him before, but just because, one, I love him so much, and two, yeah. he deserves it. He's dominating. Um, that's going to be um, – Max Crosby um, yes. out of Las Vegas. Um, 100% defensive snaps played. How do you do that? Insane. I don't know. And three sacks. So when he was out on the field, he was making it known, getting to the quarterback. Obviously going up against a terrible Giants team, obviously with the um, the the injury to, um, to Daniel Jones, all this different stuff. Um, but um, listen, 
just balled out the hundred percent defensive style play just immediately for me is like yes you yes. get the game ball you yes you do <laughs> i mean uh, that's just that's just crazy like no matter how nobody does that i mean obviously the only person that does that is the quarterback that plays 100 percent of the snaps um so to do that on defense especially whenever you're a pass rusher right you're going up against those guys playing and play out um and especially the fact that you were on the field the majority of the time because the because the the offense of the Cowboys couldn't do anything, so they were you were always out there. Um, just just as impressive. So Crosby, you get my game ball and somebody free him. Like please release him this season, Raiders. Like please release him so he can go somewhere else or trade him somewhere. Whatever he needs to go to. I'm not even saying this because he's like you know against the Raiders against my Chiefs. Like the Raiders suck. Like I don't care that he's on there. I want him to leave because I want him to be successful. I want him to be able to go on a team and make an actual like impact, you know, in a meaningful way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in a meaningful way. And he's obviously not going to get that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Max Crosby game ball, well-deserved, right? He, I think he put himself his name in the hat, you know, the ever growing hat for Jesus player of the year, tied second in sacks, tied first for tackles for loss, hundred percent of, you know, snaps. It's, we've said it a million times. That's just amazing, right? That is insane. And, you know, as much as I agree with you in the Raiders, isn't he just the perfect Raider? Like he just he looks is. like the Raiders yeah. should work, look right in yeah, that video of him. Tatted up. Yeah. The video with him smoking the cigar, partying in the locker room, that is just pure, like, John Gruden, old-school style Chucky Raiders. Like, that just gives me chills watching that. But, yeah, so moving on to offensive game balls. I'm going with another. I, a couple weeks ago, I hit an undrafted rookie in Tyson Badgett. I'm going back to an undrafted rookie. And Keaton Mitchell, the running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Nine carries for 139 yards and one touchdown against a really, really impressive Seattle defense that the Ravens didn't find impressive at all. They just kind of stomped him, and he was a big part of it, right? I, he had almost more rushing yards than Lamar had passing yards. Lamar threw for 168. He ran for 139. As an undrafted uh, rookie, that's crazy. As, as a rookie and all, that's crazy. And he would have got more touchdowns. Just Gus Edwards was like a vulture on those goal line touchdowns catches they put Gus the bus in and just punched him in at the one yard line but uh job well done Keaton Mitchell running through a, a defense that really hasn't been ran through yet so congrats to him let's see if he can do it next week maybe you know they got a really tough defense back to back so yeah it's no he balled out for sure that's that's awesome I love when the undrafted guys get a chance to ball out and they do uh, what it I can't tell if I'm so confused with the Ravens it's like watching them like I'm not impressed but they've gone up against, you know, two division leaders in the NFC, like the Lions and the Seahawks, and essentially shut them out. Like, the, those teams played their worst football ever against those teams. So I just, I, I don't know what it is because, like, like, I see it, but I just, I'm not understanding it. Because when I watch the Ravens, I don't watch that team and think, oh, these guys are good. I just, I don't see it. Yeah, all right. So may, I thought it was maybe just me, and I'm going to stretch it a little farther. I think... The, the AFC North in general, as good as they are, I'm watching these guys. And I'm like, oh, these guys are going to lose this game, right? Whether it's the Bengals, the, you know, the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens, none of them look real flashy or real good until, you know, you look back and you're like, dang, they kind of dominated. Like, what happened? Like, I don't know. The AFC North is just a really weird division. They're all good teams. Maybe that's why they don't all look good. I, they're just not, you know, the other good teams are like, hey, these are the highlight teams. And then you've got those four teams. They're like, are, they're good, but yeah, like where's the where's the flash plays? Where's the 
boom, firecracker in the pan, you know? So I, I agree with you. The Ravens are confusing, but I'm going to stretch it. The whole AFC North is confusing, man. Yeah, well, yeah, and they're all in playoffs currently, so we'll see <laughs> yeah. how that shakes out. Um, my offensive game ball is going to – I was between two people um, because I think Joshua Dobbs does – Joshua Dobbs does deserve a game ball, but whenever you have an, a performance – like C.J. Stroud, I just can't give it to anybody else. Breaking the single game passing yards record for a rookie. 407 passing yards, five touchdowns, pass rating of 147.8, 40 seconds left, game winner. C.J. Stroud balled out, completely dominated, proving everyone wrong that he was not going to make it into this league shaking off the flack of oh Ohio State quarterbacks can't cut in the league he shouldered all of that and gave him the double bird and said f you guys I'm the man and he dominated that game and what could be the game of the year yeah yeah De- definitely well deserved I mean and uh, I think you've given it to I think CJ Stroud has earned one of our game balls before too so back to back repeat winners well deserved uh yeah those those two were clearly the two best players this week on foot on football on the defense and offensive side i mean it was insane what cj stroud did when the bucks went down when baker went down he led i mean baker i felt so bad this has been the story of his career right playing good football just to have the other team quarterback rise above remember that monday night game that he had against the ravens lamar's pooping game where he, baker dominated like that should have been baker's career highlight and Lamar led a game, you know, led his team down and scored, right? You know, that defense gave it up. So Baker's career and C.J. Stroud just looked dominant. Like, there's nothing C.J. Stroud could do wrong. Yeah, and it's it's so – so I mean, we've seen this game, like, from Stroud before. Like, he's played well. Obviously not this. This is just amazing, right? Yeah. But it's not, you know, where the thing is, is, like, it's, I don't think it's the – like, it's it's I think this is more the rule than the exception. I mean, obviously you're not going to throw for almost 500 yards and four you know and four or five touchdowns a game, right? Obviously, but we've seen games where he's done you know similar stuff to this before. Like it's not like obviously I know it's only two game sample size. But like Will Levis first game, that is more of an exception than right. That's kind of one off where we've seen CJ Stroud ball out repeatedly through this year. So that's why I'm confident in saying obviously this dude is going to be a stud. And I'm happy he's a Houston Texans as my official now hometown team, obviously. Um, I got a bone to pick, though, with this because I – explain to me this. I live in Houston, Texas. I live in Houston, Texas. When I go to CBS, my local channel, I can't get the Houston game. Instead, I get – I said I got that crappy game of Seattle and the Ravens. How, how is that? How can I not get my actual local team to watch? Like, I would have loved to actually watch that game, but I couldn't freaking watch it. So I just had to watch the highlights on the internet. Yeah. Um, so that pissed me off um, because the the Ravens game, you know, we already said that was a dud. So anyway, that was that was frustrating. I don't know. The NFL, whatever that is, they have to – I'm not for sure if the NFL decides where the viewership goes, but it's criminal to not be able to watch your hometown, hometown team. Hometown team, yeah. It's criminal. Um, so you gotta, they gotta figure that out. But, um, anyway, that's our offensive and defensive game balls. Let us know in the comments who you want to give your game balls to give us an offensive player and a defensive player 
um, to anybody we missed, or maybe you disagree with our picks because we kind of nailed it. Um, some some weeks it's just like clearly this is who it is. Yeah. Like there's not really a whole lot of debate. Um, sometimes you can go oh, this guy or this guy, but um, um, yeah, those guys, all four of those guys that we mentioned, balled out and they deserve those game balls for sure. Um, now um, becoming one of my favorite segments here, which is right and wrong, Chase. So let's go ahead and start with where we were right. Yeah, so right here on air last week, well, actually Wednesday because of Halloween, I flipped my decision to pick the Bills on Sunday night. I flipped it to the Bengals, you know, talking about how they had the better win as much as I didn't think they were the better team, and I am very glad I did, right? They they, they dominated, you know, I thought it was going to be back-to-back. Um, you know, it was thought we were talked about that already. Thought it was going to be a shootout. You know, Josh Allen kind of pointed at the Bengals, maybe made them mad. So they I just, love that, by the way. Yes, that was it awesome. should have been a flag. Like yeah, that, that is the weakest flag. Awesome. In, in, I love yeah. that. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> so, sure. so, uh, you know, I don't know, but I'm I'm glad I flipped to the Bengals, and I only did that because of the 49ers and their loss to the Bengals the week prior. So, shout out for the Bengals for winning for beating two uh, quote unquote elite teams back to back. That's hard to do. So. Yeah, so mine is kind of similar there, and all I was right is I got all three primetime picks correct. Four, if you think about the Dolphins and Chiefs game being primetime-ish. Um, I got I nailed all that. So the first time I think ever in my in my career of getting all all the primetime game script, there's always one you know that that goes the other way. But um, so yeah, that was cool. So I could sit back, obviously, row with the Steelers, um, Chiefs, if you will, if they're if that was a primetime game. Um, the Bengals and the Chargers. So um, four for four on that. So I was pretty excited to, to hit all those primetime picks. Yeah, yeah. I, I just that's impressive. I just looked through all of them to week one, and I've only done that twice. Like that's hard to do. You think it would be easy, right? You think the primetime was? I didn't even think of that, right? There's a lot of them where it's just that one game where it's just kind of out of your reach, right? So. That that is very very impressive, right? Primetime games are are throw ups, right? Even the good teams sometimes the lights are too bright for. So primetime's fun games, hard games to pick. Where we were also, wrong. Side note, oh, sorry, ahead. side note yeah, for no, mention. Um, so we're talking about the Chiefs are actually the first team in the NFL to win a game in four different countries. So oh, that's right, four. that's right. Good for them. Good for them. Now keep them in America for the rest of their yes, please. <laughs> right, I mean, I know we're undefeated in four countries, so maybe. We- does that more whatever? But no, let's let's play. Let's play. Let's play it. Well, you're you're not undefeated outside, right? Didn't you lose in Mexico City? No, sir. We won in Mexico City. You beat the Rams. We beat the Rams in L.A. We beat the Chargers in. We beat the yeah, Chargers in that Monday night game against Jared City. Golf was in Mexico City, wasn't it? No, that was it was going to be, but like the field was too bad. So then oh, that's right, that's right. In, in L.A. That's right, that's right. Okay, I recant my. You know, you're right. I forgot about that little. Side verb, they moved it like the week of or something. It's okay. We know you're a fake cheese fan, so it's okay. Oh. Let us lie. Well, I am a fake cheese. I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> All right. Back to where we were <laughs> wrong. Uh, we I've talked about this one. I won't spend too much time on it. But uh, I keep picking those Jets. They've done me right sometimes. They do me wrong this time. The uh, Jets just, uh, man, how, I think I just pick them because I want Aaron Rodgers to be in the playoffs this year. Come back and win that comeback player. Just, you know, show us how good he actually is. So I, I I think my fandom of Aaron Rodgers is leading me to pick the Jets sometimes when they know I, they can't win. And I might have done it again this week. So 
wish me luck, but <laughs> I'm going to, I think I have to ride or die at the Jets. So that Jets, you know, I, I was very, I, honestly, this, I was very confident in this upset against the Chargers. I thought they would charge her right coming off of a really top notch win on prime time. I thought they'd come into the Monday night game against the Jets, who doesn't have a very high powered offense and kind of hit the brakes a little bit. And they, they did, but it was still enough to kind of dominate them. The Jets really hit the brakes. So shout out to the Chargers again, Herbert. I've, talked about how much i love herbert and how good he is you know he wasn't the reason they won but yeah no yeah i mean you're definitely right. i was watching the game and i was laughing i was like chase got this one wrong <laughs> yes um, i figured that was going to be where you're wrong um where i was wrong i got it wrong i got it wrong too i got a bad one too and that was when i picked the jets to be or the giants to beat the raiders um so admittedly i had said before i said all the whole fire and clearing house i said this is either going to be one of two things one is going to sink them. They're not going to be able to overcome that. Or two is going to galvanize them. And obviously I picked the the former instead of the latter. And obviously that was wrong. Obviously it seemed to be the galvanizing. Obviously, you know, the Giants are a terrible team. Obviously Dan Jones goes out and a lot of different things were working in their favor. But still, start to finish, they were doing it. They were partying and smoking cigars and lager. Like that was their super Bowl, right? Yeah. The vibe is shifting. The thing is shifting. It's kind of similar to exactly what happened when John Gruden left, right? They didn't sink. It didn't sink them then. It's not sinking them now. Obviously, a little bit different as they're going out with their rookie quarterback and Daniel O'Connell. We'll see kind of how that progresses. Um, but a good game to have for them after all that happens, right? You want to go up against a very crappy team to kind of reset yourself and kind of move forward. And so they were they were able to do that against a terrible Giants team. Um, Daniel Jones, obviously. Torn ACL, he was, he's out for the season. So the Giants are pretty much screwed at quarterback. Tyro Taylor's on injured reserve. They just got, what, DeVito, Timmy DeVito, yeah, and Tommy somebody else, uh, Tommy DeVito. So they're screwed. Yeah. Um, they weren't really, you know. Unscrewed in, before. Unscrewed right? before, <laughs> yeah. But um, they're even screwed, screwed now. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, I, I mean, Daniel Jones is playing it awesome. He gets the bag, and now he's injured. Like, he's getting money. But, like, the real question is going to be, are they – are they going to stick by that and keep him on the roster? Like, is he done? I see a lot of people saying, like, oh, Daniel Jones, like, this is it for Daniel Jones. Like, he's done. And I would have to agree with it. Like, he showed nothing. Like, even last year when he showed flashes of some things, like, okay, you know, he's kind of got at least a little bit going on. It looks like Brian Dayball is able to kind of work his magic over Daniel Jones. Let's see what year two looks like. But year two was even worse than any of his other years before. And now he's injured. So now he's got that, you know stigma on him now he's been injured he has to come back from all that stuff and i wouldn't be surprised because they when they could pay him you know they pay him a lot of money like 40 million dollars but in hindsight that's not like as much as the other quarterbacks are getting it's not a lot really but um i could see them especially with the way this quarterback class is up they're gonna have a high pick they're not gonna win a game the rest of the season i could see where they i could see where they move off of him yeah, I, I, I agree with you to an aspect. I think his time as a starting quarterback is done. I don't think you can pay him that much money one year and then absolutely just get rid of him. I think he'll still be on the roster. They draft a quarterback, kind of use him as a bridge quarterback. We'll see maybe like a Bo Nix or how, you know, whatever quarterback how, they move in. So how bridge is he going to be, though? He's going to be injured, right? We saw Kyler Murray's just coming back now, and he, and he tore his oh, ACL a year. You know, it's like he's coming back now yeah. to midweek. So, like. Like he's not, I mean, he's going to not be able to, be yeah. able to like whisper in his ear and kind of coach him and stuff like that. But you really want Daniel Jones. Like you, like if you're Brian Dable, like you really want Daniel Jones teaching your rookie quarterback how to play quarterback. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's, he's the starter for the giants again, like unless like uh, Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson thing happens. Right. But I, yeah, I think the Daniel Jones experiment as a franchise quarterback is officially done with this injury. And I, I agree there. And I think it should be right. I think it should have been done before this injury. I think this is just kind of the nail in the coffin as they say. Right. Yeah, I mean, we were on it when everything happened. That we were like, "This is yeah. a stupid decision." So, and this is what happens when you make stupid decisions. You f around, you find out. Um, but that is where we were right and where we were wrong. Let us know some of the takes you had where you were right and you were wrong there in the comments. Um, and that wraps up week nine um, of the NFL season. A lot of fun games there. Actually, hold on, we didn't even talk about one of the big ones. We totally glossed over it. Chase, I was gonna say, what the heck are we doing? Here? The Eagles and the Cowboys played the game. Yes, and it was phenomenal. And I thought this might be where you were going to be wrong, too, because you went back on, even after I thought I got you off of the Dallas train, you even admitted here, you said, I'm done with Dallas. They're, they're dead to me. And then all of a sudden, you decide to hop back on and get your heart broken again. I have no, I have no more sympathy for you, Chase. You have seen the light. You've caught, you've caught your girl with another man. And you said, oh, baby, come back. I'm never going to cheat on you again, blah, blah, And then, boom, two weeks later, she's out in the car shagging your guy. Listen, I'm not, I got no sympathy for you. You've, you've done this to yourself. Um, but um, somehow you're sticking with the Cowboys. So I'll let yeah, you defend man. your position because somehow you've, you've wrapped it up in your pretty little, your pretty little head um, that the Cowboys are, are a team to root. Yeah, and uh, let me tell you, what all, the only thing this game did to me in that is show me that the Cowboys are back. The Cowboys, there's no way you could watch that game and tell me that the Dallas Cowboys were not the better team on every aspect of that field. Dak Prescott outplayed Jalen Hurts the entire time until he couldn't get a snap off of the center one play, right? Should have been, should have been a first down on the five-yard line after he got completely blown through the head right, with this new player safety and targeting, and they just completely ignored that, right? And then C.D. Lamb, right, if they would just go to C.D. Lamb, he dominated. We already talked about that. If Luke Shoemaker doesn't get tackled on the one-yard line before the ball comes in, that's a game-scoring touchdown. If Dak wears a size 12 instead of size 13, he ties the he, he converts that two-point conversion, right? They're just one sip away, and – I, I just that Dallas Cowboys played a complete and utterly perfect, not perfect, but complete and utterly uh, cognitive game of football, kind of like we were talking about the Chargers couldn't play. I mean, it was just insane, right? The Dallas Cowboys played that well and lost the game. And I think there's a lot of little things you could point to, right? Everyone's going to point to the meltdown at the end of the game because it's the last thing they've seen, right? Games are not won and lost within, you know, five seconds. There's a lot of little things added up that you sit there and what if, what if, what if. But the Dallas Cowboys, they, they you know, they have have a way. The, the Philadelphia Eagles, the best game they played was against the Miami Dolphins. And I said it then, they looked really good against the Miami Dolphins. They dominated that game. And that was about the only game I've seen them completely and utterly dominate. Every other game, they just kind of, you know, nick by, right? They just kind of nick by with whether it's the calls that go their way or the calls that go, you know, not their way. You're not, there's not really any calls that don't go their way, right? And I just, uh, as we were texting, right, we were, I was talking to you about the, the Philadelphia Eagles and these refs, right? As much as they want to talk about uh, Kansas City and, you know, getting the calls right. And we talked about that, that questionable uh, call for the Dolphins that, you know, went against Tyreek. 
right? It, Philadelphia, man, I just – I can't wait for you to watch this game uh, in two weeks, right, after Kansas City comes back from their bye week, has to play Philadelphia, who's on their bye week, right? I, I can only imagine the calls that the Philadelphia Eagle, Eagles are going to get in Arrowhead. It is going to drive you nuts. It is going to drive me nuts. So just wait for that because it is coming. I've watched too many Eagles games where they just squeak by by the chin of their, uh, I don't know, chin of their their necks, right? The, chin, the hair on their necks. So it is the chin of their necks is not really a saying. I think it's hair on their chins. But, <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, like a triple chin. So the chin is like touching your neck. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But. Speaking of triple chin, another reason the Dallas Cowboys can't win is that Mike McCarthy. He's got to be. He's got to go. This Cowboys team is way too talented to have him calling plays and not knowing how to get the the play call in. Right, that's Dak was talking about that, and he said the play call got in late, trying to get it to his offense. His his center didn't understand the snap count. Like that's stuff that the coach got to take care of sooner. And a coach, an experienced coach, is like that. Come on, McCarthy. So, yeah, I Dallas Cowboys showed out. It wasn't prime time, but they showed out against the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, I can't wait to see what they do when they play again. Yeah, no, um, and even when I said when I picked the Eagles, I think that this, I, I think I do think that they um, they split their one on one in the home team win. So I'm not going to be shocked whenever, even though the Cowboys beat them, you know, in at, in, in Dallas here in a couple weeks, um, because you're right. I mean, the Eagles, as as much as they've been winning, they really haven't had like that complete game, right? They've had to come back and. Um, had some fourth quarter comebacks, come overcome some deficits and kind of play there. We saw like both of those games against the commanders, they probably should have lost. Well, they found ways to win. Um, but that's another thing is too, is that's what, that's what good teams do is great teams do is they find ways to win, right? When everything is down and out and you think, oh, they should lose, they find ways to win. And the only game they lost was the one where they turned the ball over 20 times. Um, you can't win when you do like the great teams beat themselves and so um we saw that kind of with with dallas is they were just they just kind of beat themselves right this couple throws like you said they that needed to get into the end zone Dak threw it short they were tackled short couldn't get in that two-point conversion if he just stays in bounds there you know they could feel what's high who knows what happens like so those mistakes the eagles almost gave the ball with that fumble there at the end that they got that they that they're able to recover so they almost threw the game away fumbled the game away i guess i should say but um, it's just one of those things where, like, when it comes to Dallas, I think I, I'm with you in the fact that I think Dallas lost this game more than I think the Eagles won it. Um, but I do think that when when push came to shove and they needed to, the defense needed to step up for the Eagles, they were able to step up there and and, and get the stops when when they needed to do it. So um, I, yeah, I mean, enjoy this game. This was fun. This is kind of what I expected to happen, and so I wasn't shocked when it happened. But um, I. I mean, it's it's tough to whenever you look at the stat sheet and say that the Cowboys led in every single category and still lost the game. Yeah. Um, and it's just because there were just a couple of those plays, those inopportune plays that they couldn't make, and so the Eagles were able to to pull the one away. Um, coming off, they both got they got a bye week. Come back against the Kansas City Chiefs in a Super Bowl rematch. That should be fun. Um, that we'll get to here in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, that was a great game. And like I said, I. I think I don't think any one of those teams are better than the other. I think they're pretty much. I think they're pretty much. I think they're pretty much even. Like, yeah. um, like if you like if if they played, you know, if they played ten times, I think they'd split five to five. Like, if I'm being honest, I think they're yeah. pretty much. I think they're pretty much equal. 
And it's just going to be those, you know, one of those games where who's going to make that one mistake that's going to cost them. And this time it was Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. And the other, the only, the one thing I will say about the Cowboys is the Cowboys are just awful in the third quarter. It's like they just forget how to play football for just a little bit in the third quarter. I don't really understand why they do that, but it it just drives me nuts, right? They lost the, they kind of end up losing that game against the Cardinals, right? They Cardinals kind of took it away in the third quarter, right? They've had had a couple comebacks in the fourth quarter because their third quarter, their defense kind of relaxes. That offense, you know, goes away from CD Lamb, right? They had to kind of spur it up back up against the Chargers. So the Eagles kind of took the lead in the third quarter and then they never really gave it back. So, I mean, it was, it was a great game to watch. I wish the rest would stay out of it a little bit more. Like, like there was, I think there was, I can look it up, but I believe there was 22 penalties called between the two teams. Something like that. I mean, it was crazy. So just just let them play football, man. Let them play football. Either call them or don't call them. It was weird. They called, you know, that that weird penal- that weird pass interference by Gilmore. And then they, like, didn't call another pass interference for the rest of the night until that fourth down. Like, it, it, they just picked and choose, like, just to keep the score, kind. you know, trying to keep it competitive, I guess. I don't know. I just... It, it, it's hard to watch football when you're when you're stopping for the yellow fl- laundry on the flag, no matter wh- who who benefits from it. Just get out of it, man. So, but yeah, I, I was wondering if we were going to talk about that. I I hate to say, I think I might be back on the cowboy train. They got a really you're easy roster. Off. They got a really easy not roster, really easy schedule coming up. I don't see them losing another game. The Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they're two games ahead now. I think they win one of those back when they play again in, in uh, AT&T. The Eagles have to play the Niners still. They have to play the Bills still. They have to play the Chiefs still. The only team that the, that the Cowboys have to play that that is a real elite, elite team besides the Eagles is the Dolphins. And I think the Cowboys handled the Dolphins pretty, pretty well. So. All right. I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not giving up hope. I think the Cowboys still win this division. Well, time will tell, my friend. Time will tell. Um, okay, that officially ends the recap of Week 9. We can go here and do our quick preview of Week 10, starting with Thursday Night Football. Um, who, we've got a great game here for this one, folks. This is the Carolina Panthers at the Chicago Bears. Um, what a phenomenal slate of Week 10 football we have here for you. So, um, very terrible as you can't catch the sarcasm in my voice, but let's go ahead and break it down. So Panthers at Bears, quick thoughts. Yeah, is Justin Fields back? I haven't heard anything. If he is back, I hope that Justin Fields dominates this just like he dominated for his first win against the Commanders. It'd be great to have just like a, a meme of, of Justin Fields' Thursday night football, like the greatest of all time, and then every other day of the week, he's just average. Like that would be the greatest thing. That's all I want from this game is just Justin Fields' Thursday night football masterclass. That'd be crazy. I don't know if he's playing, but I do know they're wearing their all oranges. So if that, um, if that nudges you either way, but um, yeah, it's just two teams. (laughs) Two teams. Um, It's a two teams, Um, and it's kind of a win-win for the Bears because remember the Bears have the Panthers' first overall pick. So no matter who wins or loses, their their draft stock doesn't move. So it's win-win for the Bears. They win anyway. So That's true. I'm going to pick the Bears to win this one. I am too. Um, Riding with the Bears. Even if Badgen is the one that's there, I just I just, I like the Bears more than I like the Panthers right now. Like if I have to pick, like 
I don't really feel confident in that pick, but um, got to pick somebody. I think the Bears. I think the Bears will will get the job done. I think I think this might be the game where we might see a little bit more out of Bryce Young. I'd hope so. Um, and um, but um, I think I think that it still won't be enough, and I think the Bears the Bears win, and I think the Bears are going to want to win, right? I think they know exactly what you said about the draft pick. Like, they know they own the Panthers for a front pick. They want to bury them as low on that draft board as they can, and so they. Uh, not many, not many times do you get the opportunity to actually improve your own draft stock um, by winning. Yeah. Um, and so they're going to get the chance to do that here. So I think just the added motivation there, home home game, right? You get that there. And so uh, I like the Bears. Yep. Yeah, I do too. Bears, especially if they're in their orange, Bears big. This would be cool. There we go. Um, we got the Sunday night game. There, your Jets again are visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Chase, your quick thoughts. Yeah, I picked the Jets to win this one. Raiders had their Super Bowl. I think they're coming back down from that mountain. Uh, this was supposed to be Rodgers and Devontae Adams, right? This is supposed to be all they're going to talk about, all we're going to see in pregame. And now it's not. It's not really doesn't have that same emotional pull, doesn't really have that same rivalry feel. This is just another, I think, two teams that really just, uh, I think, the Jets kind of need this win, right? They kind of starting to need every win. So Jets need it more than the Raiders. I'm picking Jets in it. Their defense is better. I don't trust Aiden O'Connell at all to win any game that's not against the Giants or Cardinals. So I'm going Jets. I'm with you. I'm 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 riding the Jets on this one. Um, as much as the, you know the Raiders are are feeling themselves after that, I think they'll get a rude awakening there. Um, because the offensive side is the Jets are coming off of, off of that loss um, where they just played like crap. Um, and so I think they're going to try to ride this trip. And the Raiders suck, like, let's be honest. Like, as much as, they, as we like some of the guys there on the, on the field, um, like, they're not, a, they're not a very good football team. And so I still think if Zach Wilson just plays a little bit better, I mean, the receivers play better, the offensive line plays better, um, that they'll be able to – that they'll be able to do because the Raiders don't, they have Max Crosby. That's it. They don't have the pass rushers like the chargers do. Um, and so I think the jets should, I think the jets should be able to, I don't know if they'll dominate necessarily, but I think that they'll should find plenty of ways to win that game. That's why yeah. I like the jets and, as well. And Zach Wilson's last, the only good game Zach Wilson has is coming Sunday night football. Maybe he does it again. Who knows? There you go. Maybe so. Monday night football, the Broncos are going to the bills. Quick thoughts here. Yeah, I just have even though the Bills are struggling, we've talked about it. Uh, the Bills are still good enough to beat teams like the Broncos. I know the Broncos, you know, maybe thought they figured it out. They beat the Chiefs. I think they were on bye week last week. Was that is that correct? They were. I don't remember seeing them. Okay, so yeah, they're on bye week last week, coming off a of bye week. I'm still taking the, the Bills over them. Josh Allen is the better quarterback than Russell Wilson. That Bills defense is really bad, but that Broncos defense isn't really good. So I'm taking Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs kind of bounce get right game right they love doing that beating up bad opponents after they lose a, a game that they sh you know think they should have won yeah i'm i mean i i'm i'm with you Buff buffalo has has no reason losing this game but i think it's going to be something that it'll be close i mean they the bills haven't shown that they can since early on in the season really play and dominate these bad teams, right? We saw what they did to the Commanders. We saw what they did to the Raiders. And that's when everybody, that old September Bills football team, Super Bowl champs in September, maybe. And then we get in October and November, and they just kind of, you know, so they've really fallen down to earth for sure. I'm not, I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos win this game. 
I'm not calling it, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. But I still think Buffalo is still too good of a football team to to lose to them. Yeah. Um, I think Denver, even coming off their bye week, I mean, that game against Kansas City was their Super Bowl. And once you win your Super Bowl, especially when it's midseason like that, it's, it's tough to come back from that. So uh, I do like Buffalo in this one, um, and they they should get the job done. Yeah, nope, I agree with you. Um, yeah, no more thoughts on that. All really. righty. Time for our lock picks then. Let me go ahead and give you my lock pick here, Chase, because I know you're not going to like it. Um, my lock no. pick. Oh, no. Doing it. I'm oh, going no. with the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> over the Green Bay Packers. Um, the, the Packers just haven't – I mean, they beat up on a bad Rams team. We talked about it. There were flashes there where Jordan Love kind of looked good, kind of like the early season form, but I still don't have enough trust in the Packers' offense to to have them go out there and play well against the Steelers' defense. Um, I don't think this is going to be like a, a dominating game by Pittsburgh by any means because the Pittsburgh offense is still the Pittsburgh offense. I like the I like the Packers' defense. I really do. Um, but I just think, you know, with how their offense has been playing, the expectations going up against a dominant defense like the Steelers. It's at Steelers, right? At Pittsburgh, they're coming off of that win as well. Um, I just think it's going to be too much of an ask for this young Green Bay team. And so I got the I got the Steelers winning as my lock. Yeah, I I can see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you and pick Green Bay. I think I might just pick Green Bay every game this year, right? That's what fans do. They pick their team. So I and I, I honestly think Green Bay has a shot. I uh, even if we lose again, this is about Jordan Love. I'd love I want to see Jordan Love against a real defense. The only real defense we've played this year was the Lions, and he got completely demoralized. So I want to see him against another real defense. See how he looks. You know, not throwing passes to a broken Ram secondary. But my lock this week is going to be another NFC North team. But I've got them winning, going Lions over Chargers. Coming off a of bye week, the Lions, you know, they've kind of been in limbo the last couple of weeks. You know, we thought they were the team that they are. They got beat up by the Lions or by the Ravens. They kind of bounced back or they've been just, you know, kind of in limbo. I think this is, again, to start hit the ground running, you know, kind of looking for the playoffs, looking to clinch the NFC North. Now, Kirk Cousins completely out. The Vikings, you know, their shadow, you know, chances of that in the past, most likely. Lions come out big over the Chargers who just can't figure out how to win a football game. I love that lock pick. I'm riding with you. I would pick the I would pick the Lions to win that game. I just think overall they're, they're the better team. The Chargers have shown that they're like you said before. They're just not able to put a complete game together. Either they have the do- offense just completely dominating ball out, or they have the defense completely dominating ball out. And they can't really put it together. And so, um, and I like I like Detroit. I like what they're doing offensively. I think they match up really well against the Chargers, and that they could they can have success over them. So I like that pick. I, I like the I like the I like the Lions as well. Um, who should be on upset alert, Chase? All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna ride with the Jags over the 49ers. I think Jacksonville has a you know, I, I think Jacksonville they're on the five game winning streak, most in the NFL. You know, they're on bye week coming off of that. I know the 49ers were on bye week too, but they've got a lot to figure out. Last time we seen them on the field, they were kind of skidding, losing three straight. I don't really know if they figured it out. I'm starting to have a little bit of doubt about Brock Purdy. You know, maybe maybe he's not the guy that I propped him up to be just a couple, you know, you know, what, five podcasts ago or something like that. I, I'm not there yet, but Jacksonville is the team to beat 
to get right, and I don't know if they can do it. I like Jacksonville a lot. Trevor Lawrence is playing amazing. Uh, I can't talk enough about how Travis Etienne is finally coming into his own, maybe even a top 10 running back. He just can do it all. That team, Calvin Ridley even got in it the last game they played against the Steelers, I believe, was a Thursday night game. So Calvin Ridley got in it. Christian Kirk is still as dominant as he was last year. I'm taking the Jags. Yeah, I mean, this is... This is tough because the Jags. I mean, I like the Jags. I mean, I like the Jags a lot. They obviously have been playing well and, and getting these wins, but I still haven't really seen anything from where I'm like I'm in love with them. It's like, oh, I do this. I think coming off the bye with the 49ers, they obviously bring in some players. They got Chase Young. We'll see how that looks like. But I think it's just a, a an extra week to kind of get right after that three game skid that really kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I just. Um, I like the 49ers in this one. Um, I think that the 49ers um, coming off that bye, I think, will be better prepared than, than Jacksonville. And I think that the 49ers will will, will overcome their little um, skid against the, the Jaguars and try to get right as they head on to the end half of the season. Yeah, I can see that happening. I'm, just, But, you know, should be a good game. The upset alert that I have, um, my upset alert is I'm putting the Seattle Seahawks chase on upset alert against the Commanders. I think that the Commanders generally have a shot at being the Seahawks. The Seahawks, as much as as their defense has been, you know, has been really good, their offense just hasn't been it. Um, we've kind of seen you know flashes from Geno, obviously, um, but then there's some times where it's just not. They are fully in the commanders. I know their commanders are wishy-washy as well, but Sam Howe, I think, has been playing good. Really um, the Seahawks are coming off of that terrible beatdown. Obviously, after terrible beatdowns, it can go one of two ways. One, you can bounce back hard, or two, you can still kind of wallow in self-pity and not show up for the next game. Um, I that's I don't know if I'm, I'm at the point to where I would pick Washington to win, but that's definitely my upset alert. I'm not going to be surprised if they do. So Seattle better watch yourselves because you're on upset alert. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm going to rock the Seahawks. I think they come back from this. I think the Ravens just get the best in or get the worst out of everybody for some reason. I don't know if it's just the coaching scheme that John Harbaugh has instilled, but. They really, they really do just get the teams, you know, unless it's division games and then the teams, you know, kind of beat down on them and they play really bad. Weird. I, I do like the commanders though. Sam Howell is, is feisty. He, he, I, I would be, uh, I'd be very surprised if he's not back next year as their quarterback. I, he hasn't shown me any reason not to be. So yeah, I like, I, I don't mind that, but I'm rocking with the Seahawks. Right. That leads us into our big game preview, correct? Yes, sir, it does. All right. I'm going to hit you with my big game preview because we didn't – normally we just discuss we don't have the same one. I hope I didn't steal yours, but I went with a wild one. I don't think you would have picked it. I went with Saints over Vikings. Dude, that was mine. <laughs> Too funny. I forgot to ask you what you are doing. Oh. That's all right. Hit it, hit it with me. All right. Yeah, then I thought right when I'm writing this down, I'm like, man, these are, you know, more Garrett's. Matro than mine, but uh, I picked. Uh, I think the Saints win this game, but I just thought this is the most playoff implications right out the gate. Week nine, week ten, week ten doesn't have a lot of playoff teams playing playoff teams, but the Saints need every victory they can to win this division. You know, we talked about the Falcons earlier in this 
in this episode. They're kind of failing. I still think their talent might be good enough to win the NFC South. Uh, yeah, NFC South. The Bucks are no slouch, right? The Bucks. Baker's feisty. He lost one to like a generational quarterback game from CJ Stroud, but he still scored like thirty some points, right? He's still they're still a good team. And the Panthers are the Panthers are not in this, right? It's just those three. And the Vikings, I do not think they can win the NFC North anymore. I think they have to get in through wild cards. And to do that, you need tiebreakers against teams with a 500 record in the NFC North, right? I think these two teams is a uh, very very close in overall ratings, right? I, I'm not really impressed with either one of them, but they both have their struggles. Their offense can click at random points in time. And Josh Dobbs' second game, right? Can he make this like he did the first game, or is it going to be the exact same thing we've seen with Baker Mayfield last year, right? Where he came to the Rams, beat the Raiders. It was a rue, ha-ha, you know, awesome. And then he didn't really do anything else for the Rams all season, right? Is that going to be Josh Dobbs with them, or is the talent around him? There, I think the real big X factor is what is – Justin Jefferson going to do obviously he's not going to be back this game he hasn't been designated to return from IR yet but that's going to be the Vikings season x factor is when he comes back is he going to be able to play is he going to be able to contribute because they're going to need him more than ever now without Kirk Cousins you nailed it bro I mean that was that was what I had so you nailed that I mean obviously the, the biggest thing is going to be um like you said Obviously, the Saints you know, are trying to win their division. The Vikings are just trying to salvage their season and hope, you know, hopeful for for a playoff berth there. So, we talked a couple of weeks ago after that win over the the Forty Niners, the Vikings had, you know, we had we I broke down like the remainder of their schedule. This was obviously the pre Cousins injury and said, "Listen, these are the games that I think that they can win." And I said the two games that I think they might have the most trouble against were the Falcons and the Saints. That was even with Kirk Cousins. And so now without Kirk Cousins, I still stand by that even more. Um, we'll see with an extra week of actually, you know, taking the snaps, taking the practice to see if that is, you know, any different. They're able to kind of be more consistent there. But because um, we get those games in the NFL where you get those wild games where stuff like that just happens. Yeah. It's hard to kind of recreate that. Um, that's one, you know, where the NFL script writers really dug into their bag <laughs> and really kind of get, get it out there. And so... I'm not anticipating that happening again. Like I said, we've seen, I mean, a lot of the players of the Vikings are injured. Cam Akers just going down again. He's out for the year. Justin Jefferson is still gone. A lot of different stuff like that. So we'll see if, you know, that extra, you know, this additional week will uh, Dobbs, you know, play any better there. But um, I still don't think it's enough. So I, I like the Saints as well. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so I'll go with mine. It's okay. So I have always have a backup just in case it happens. So the backup that I have is going to be the Cleveland Browns at Baltimore Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Um, right. So this is the only um, divisional matchup um, that we have on the slate. Um, and obviously with the loaded division where currently there's a three-way tie for second place between Steelers, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. All are five and three. Obviously the teams are going to have to play each other and go through each other to see how that out. But currently all four teams, as we said before, are in the playoff mix right now. Um, the first time that the Cleveland played the Ravens, they lost um, 28 to three, but that was with um, their rookie quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson started. So they did not have Deshaun Watson. Um, and that was week four um, in the season. So, um, I'm anticipating this one to be a little bit closer of a matchup. Obviously, it's a divisional game. Those are always tough, regardless of, of who they are. Um, obviously, the Browns are kind of fighting themselves more. Um, obviously, Deshaun Watson is kind of back. Their defense is getting better. A uh, battle of two defenses here. I think this will probably be a, a more lower-scoring game. Um, 
but obviously you're going to want to have this game in your in your pocket when it comes down to the end of the season when it comes to tiebreakers, right? You want to split that, right? Baltimore currently owns it. Cleveland needs to get this win to split it, right? If, the, if Cleveland loses this game and goes down 0-2 Baltimore, you can you can kiss winning the division goodbye. Um, because if, if you land with the same record as the Ravens, but whatever happens, they have the ultimate tiebreaker over you, so they win. So Cleveland needs this win. They have to go on the road. It's going to be tough. Um, Baltimore has been showing that they're able to win, but at the same time, they've shown that they're able to lose. This is a very, very tough game um, to pick. But all that said and done, I still think the Ravens get the job done and get this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick, I want to pick the Ravens to win. This all one. right, I'm going against you. I did pick the Browns. I think coming off of a sky-high moment like they just did against the Seahawks, they're facing a defense that's, uh, I would say, twice as good as the Seahawks, even though the Seahawks are good. I believe Cleveland's defense is really that step above. And uh, I just think Lamar Jackson historically plays really bad against divisional opponents. It's just something in that in that uh, water up there in the AFC North. Joe Burrow does the same thing, right? Good, Great quarterbacks don't play well in the AFC North. I think that trend continues. I don't really think Deshaun Watson's really like the difference maker per se, but he's not, you know, like just think Deshaun Watson this season is just playing at a level that's like you're not going to shake him because he's not playing super good, but he's not playing bad enough to lose your games. Is it, you know, so I, I think, uh, you know, they just kind of had a, a get right game against the Cardinals. Seems like every team's got that get right game against the Cowboys. But uh, so I'm, I'm riding with the Browns, but I, I do think it's a very, very close, you know, hard nosed defensive football game. Not not something that we've seen from either team this week. No, I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't be shocked if, if the Browns win. So. Those are our big game previews here. So let's go ahead and wrap it up by giving us our official predictions here. Chase, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, just recapping here. So the official predictions here for week 10. I've got the Bears winning. I've got the Colts winning that last um, um, game over in Germany. I've got the Bengals winning. Saints, Steelers, Bucks, 49ers, Ravens, Falcons um, over the Cardinals. I, I think that game could just be a crap show. Um, and then I got Lions, Cowboys, Seahawks, Jets, and Bills. Yeah, so we have very, very similar. I think the the differences we talked about, except for one, I got Bears, Colts. I am rocking with the Texans over the Bengals. I don't know why. It's just something I I, I watch CJ Stroud ball out. I feel like the Texans team has a way more heart than that Bengals team that I watched beat you know win the game, but just struggle to do so. So not struggle, but just not look as fired up as the Texans going Packers, of course, Bucks, Browns, Jags, my upset saints, Falcons, Lions, Cowboys, Seahawks, Jets, Bills. There we go. Those are our predictions here for week 10. Let us know your predictions down below in the comments. Um, listen, obviously, you know, looking at it, you know, as of right now, not a lot of good games scheduled. Um, but hopefully that some of these games surprise us, right? No one was looking at the Bucks and Texans games last week and saying, oh, that was going to be a great game, and it is. So there is still hope that one of these games would come out to be a good game. So hopefully it's just one that we all get to watch and enjoy together. Um, as always, I appreciate you riding with us. If you haven't already, you know the drill. Like, comment, subscribe, share with a friend. We appreciate um, everyone that joins us here weekly. Um, Want to keep growing the channel and, and having more people follow along with us and um, and just talk about football, baby. All things football. So um, enjoy this week. Um, hopefully your team wins. 
Um, Chiefs are on a bye, so your team can win all you want. It's not going to affect me at all. Um, And we'll catch you next time here on All Things Football.